Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edit Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Every second is a second closer to Jesus' return. I'm not saying we're in the end times. We may be. I'm just saying every second is a second closer to His return. What are we to do until then? Well, Jesus talks about that in Mark chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to Mark chapter 13. And we'll read all the 13 verses I asked you to read in advance, but not all at once. We're just going to work through the Scripture together this morning. We'll start with verse 1. Mark chapter 13, verse 1. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of His disciples said to Him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings... Do you see all these buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. How about that for a conversation killer? I mean, I remember the first time I saw skyscrapers. I was young. My mom, my Graham, and my Aunt Becky took the four cousins to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to see Alvin and the Chipmunks live on stage at the Civic Arena. And I remember coming through the tunnel in Pittsburgh and seeing the skyscrapers. Whoa! If you've ever been to a big city, you know. Wow! Just a few years back, we went to New York City for the first time. And as we were approaching the city, the girls were like, Whoa! Look at that! We don't know which disciple, but one of them was like, Wow, look at the temple and these buildings. This is beautiful, impressive. And Jesus says, Not one stone will be left on another. It's kind of an ominous. (laughs) But he had a purpose. He wants to talk about what's to come. The conversation that Jesus has with his disciples is kind of twofold what they can expect in their lifetime and what we can expect in the end times. And from this conversation, from what Jesus has to tell us, we see what we're to do until the day, with a capital D, that he returns. 
First thing Jesus says is don't be deceived. That's the first thing we want to do. Don't be deceived. Picking it up in verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, and the temple was gorgeous. Huge pillars. It had nice big porches on the outside. It was beautiful. And right there at the Mount of Olives, they had a, a nice view of it. And there they were, sitting opposite the temple. Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. That's our first point this morning. Don't be deceived. Do not be deceived. Many will come in my name claiming that I am he and will deceive many. In another gospel, John records for us that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only one we can put our hope in. He is the only one who can bring us true peace. Oh, but we hear a lot of promises out there, don't we? But our hope is in Him and no one else. Romans 16, Paul puts it like this. Romans chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teachings you've learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Other versions say, they deceive the simple-minded. I can't help but think of a Jedi mind trick. Someone waves their hand, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You will say, this is the greatest sermon you've ever heard. <laughs> See, it doesn't work on you. You're not simple-minded. But it is concerning, isn't it, how some people get so caught up. Now, I'm not saying this person or that person is the Antichrist. But there's a line that's crossed when Christians start putting their hope in other people. It's dangerous. Don't be deceived, Jesus says. He is the only way. The only truth and the only source of life. So don't be deceived. What else does Jesus say? He says, don't worry about what to say. For some of us, that's easy. We can just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And that's not what I'm talking about. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. 
Look at verses 9 through 11. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings and witnesses as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. He's talking about how all these things must be fulfilled before he returns from heaven. And you know where he's going to return? To the same place where he ascended into heaven. He'll descend back down at the Mount of Olives where he had this conversation. How cool is that? All right, sidebar over. Verse 11. Whenever you are arrested and brought on trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus' words here were for His disciples then, who heard them straight from His mouth, and they're for us today. Let me tell you how I know they were for His disciples, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, who He was having this private conversation with. Because we see them live it out in Acts chapter 4. Peter and John are arrested. And Peter didn't say, wait a second, guys. I have to run to my study and prepare my message. No, he spoke what the Holy Spirit said to him, to those in authority. They said, you've got to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And Peter said, we won't stop because it's in His name. That's the only name in heaven, under heaven, and on earth that people might be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 8. That wasn't His words. That was from the Holy Spirit. I tell you, it happened for another disciple. Stephen. We read about him in Acts chapter 7. He was a martyr. He was brought before the church leaders because he was preaching Jesus. And before they stoned him, what, what did he do? He gave them an education. <laughs> well, they were the teachers of the law. They were the ones who knew the books. But the Holy Spirit led him to preach a message customed to what they would know and understand he didn't do that in his own power. Then we read, about, we read about Paul, the Apostle Paul. He was arrested among the Jews in Acts chapter 22. And he had to preach before them. The Holy Spirit gave him what to say. Not only that, we see red letters. It's pretty cool to see red letters in your Bible if you have a red letter Bible in a book outside of the four Gospels. And we see red letters in Acts chapter 22. Pardon me, Acts chapter 23. He just, he just shared the words the Holy Spirit gave him before the Sanhedrin, his peers. The church, the Jewish church at that time. And that following night, 
we're told in verse 11 that the Lord stood near to Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so also will you in Rome. And guess what we read in Acts chapters 24 and 25? Paul, by the power of the Holy Spirit, testifies before the Gentiles in Rome. All the bigwigs. I don't know about you, but I get nervous when I get around a bigwig. I remember my old job with the president would call me to the office, or if I had to make an ask of my boss, it's a little scary. But what happened? The Holy Spirit came through every time. Just like Jesus said He would. They didn't have to worry about what they were going to say. Well, how does this apply to us? Well, sometimes we're like, well, I don't know how to witness. I better not say anything about Jesus. What if I say that name? Jesus. They're going to think I'm weird. You know, I have regrets. Can I tell you about my regrets? For some reason, I thought the only time I'd have to pray with my family is when I was a preacher. So now we have all this thing going on in our life. This isn't the first time our family faced difficult times, but it's the first time I prayed with my family. What's wrong with that? You don't have to be a preacher to share good news with your family. You don't have to be a preacher to pray with your family. You don't have to be a preacher to tell your friends that Jesus loves them. I'm not trying to get out of work. But we all have good news that we can testify about. And we don't have to worry about what to say because sometimes all we have to do is say it. And we may feel like, boy, I sounded stupid when I said that. (laughs) But you don't have to trust you that's speaking. Who do we trust? The Holy Spirit. We trust the Lord to keep His Word. We just have to speak when it's time to speak. We get nervous about that, don't we? I know. But we can hold on to His promises. He will give us what to say. Can I give you a little hint and a little secret? He's already showed up before you share your word. That's how He works. To use one of those fancy words that I got with my education... It's called prevenient grace. We can trust the Lord is already doing the work in the heart of the one that we're sharing His love with. That's just how He works. So anyway, the end is near. Jesus is going to come back any second. Every second is a second closer to His return. What do we do? Uh, Don't be deceived. Don't worry about what to say, and don't stop encouraging. Now, what I'm about to read doesn't sound encouraging. Mark, chapter 13, verses 12 through 13. 
brother will betray brother to death. Told you it wasn't very encouraging. And father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Notice how many times there we see will. Will kind of infers it's going to happen. All men will hate you because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. I emphasize that because that's the most important will. In the midst of that persecution, and, and guess what? In the end times, it's going to get nasty. Even now, it might have been nasty. Even now, you might have family members or loved ones or friends who's like, I ain't have nothing to do with you, Bible thumper, holy roller. You may have had family betray you or not agree with your faith. But you haven't let go, have you? We had a church sign. Well, we still do. I didn't think it was offensive, but someone approached me this past week, not from our church, but from outside the church. They didn't like our church sign. It said, Faith is obedience regardless of outcome. Because that's what faith is. No matter what happens in life, the point was, we stay true to the Lord. Through the ups and the downs, the mountaintops and the valleys, we stay true to the Lord. But if you think about it, if you think of that quote outside of Christian faith, it might sound strange. It might sound political. I think that's how it was interpreted. That's not what it meant. But we know that as we walk in faith, Jesus promised it. We know how He suffered, huh? And we know that as we follow Him and live by His Word and live out His Word, it's not going to always be easy. There's going to be challenges. People might not like it, but that doesn't mean we give up because that's the outcome. We keep on keeping on in the faith. Keep on trusting Him. And you know how we can keep on keeping on when brother betrays brother and father, child, and friend, friend? You know how we keep on keeping on? By keeping on encouraging each other. What are we, what are we to do until Jesus returns? Hebrews chapter 10. Verses 23 to 25. The writer of Hebrews says this. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. And who do we say is our hope and our only hope earlier? Not Obi-Wan Kenobi. Our one and only hope is Jesus. 
Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we professed, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. You see how when we do things like this with our brothers and sisters in Christ, when we may or may not know that they've been betrayed or spoken poorly of or spoken poorly to, you see how this will help? Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in their habit of doing. i got to say it again because I liked it so much. I saw it on Facebook. It's not gospel, but it's still good. The problem with missing church is pretty soon you don't miss church. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as we see the day, oh, day has a capital D. What day is that? That's the day Jesus is re- returning. Let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We are closer now than we were at the beginning of this message to Jesus' return. He's coming back. That is for sure. Until then, don't be deceived. Don't worry about what to say when you feel the Holy Spirit telling you to witness. And don't stop encouraging one another. And are you ready? Are you ready for His return? Is He, is Jesus your Lord and Savior? If not, He wants to be. As the writer of Hebrews puts it, maybe today is the day of your salvation. Maybe you need to confess your sin. Hey, we've all sinned. and We all fall short of the glory of God. But there is salvation in Jesus Christ. We're told in John chapter 3, whoever, whoever believes in Him will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be Condemned. It's that simple. It's that clear. Do you believe? Is He your Lord and Savior? If not, He can be. Trust me, He wants to be. He wants to be so much that He died on a cross for your sin. That's how much He loved you. So that you would be made right with God through faith in the shed blood on the cross. For the forgiveness of your sin. That's the good news of Jesus. And we believe in that. Whoever believes in that has eternal life. See, the news with Jesus gets better and better. He wants to be your Savior. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page. Springwater Church the Nazarene on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.